0: Hebrews chapter 3. We talked about the Melchizedek priesthood yesterday. Jesus is high priest, and that's what where this is all going. And we are on verse 7. Last week we looked at this contrast between Jesus and Moses. Well, Moses had a house, and Jesus has a house, and we're part of the household of Jesus Christ. By grace. Okay, Hebrews 3 and verse 7. Now we have a warning. And just to introduce this, this next section is based on Psalm 95. And Psalm 95 is commentary on Numbers chapters 13 and 14. And so they're referencing the wilderness wanderings and the grumbling that the people had and the fact that when they had a chance to enter the promised land and listen to God. They refuse to do so and they harden their hearts and it's called the Day of Provocation. This is the Day of Provocation how the people of Israel provoke God at, um, I think it's Kadesh Barnea. We'll see as we read through that. Alright, therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoke me as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and I and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation. I said, they always go astray in their heart. They don't know my ways. And I swore my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. Then here's the warning to us. Take care, brethren, lest there should be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God. So we are to learn from the history of Israel. These things are written for our benefit. And we are to see what happened. And there's positive examples in the Old Testament, there's negative ones. There's people that we ought to emulate, and there's people that we ought to see what they did and take heed unless we do the same thing. Okay, so back in verse 3, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, notice, notice here that the author of Hebrews introduces a scripture by saying, the Holy Spirit says. Do we learn anything about the Bible from that? What do you think? The Holy Spirit is the Word yes. of God. The Bible itself is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Do you believe that? Remember yesterday, at one of those questions and answers at the conference, we were talking about that? People want the Holy Spirit to speak to them. and So, uh, Brian says, well, I'll read the Bible. <laughs>
1: That's what Luther said, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word that they Yeah. And so
0: we've got what we know to be the Holy Spirit's voice, 66 books of the Bible. Then we got these experiences that, who knows, you know, these wishy-washy subjective experiences. And people are so enamored with those and they don't have any time to read what they know the Holy Spirit has to say. Even, I remember River Stoke, because I went to a Pentecostal Bible college that reminds me of something that he said in one of our classes. He was one of these guys that was full of aphorisms and uh, teaching us wisdom about how to be pastors. And this is the Pentecostal world we were in. And Reverend Snow one time was remarking because in a Pentecostal church, oftentimes somebody will give a message in tongues. Okay? Well, he says, here's what he, here's what Reverend Snow has told us. He says, you know, in our churches, he says the most carnal minded or bachelor amongst us can stand up and start speaking in tongues and the whole church goes silent and listens with attentiveness. And he says however somebody can start reading the Bible and everybody's gab- gabbing and shuffling and paying no attention. He says now this person speaking in tongues may or may not be speaking from God but we know that all the whole Bible is speaking from God so why don't we pay attention to that when it's read? This is Reverend Snow. Remarking about it, in there's no denomination. And, and, uh, so take that to heart. We know the person reading the Bible speaking for God. <laughs> well, the other one, maybe, maybe not. You don't know. I got a little argument with these Salisbury, and uh, they said they were preachers and doing and, uh, and the Word of God. I said, You were under <laughs> the Word. Like Caiaphas, you were under the Word. But you were never uh, the Holy Spirit in you, because the Holy Spirit would never testify against itself. Like Jesus said, "It's impossible for Satan's kingdom to be divided." You were under the Word, but you were the Word was never in you, Salutary. The way as uh, preaching the gospel. The Holy Spirit is Him testifying through Him to the gospel. You are testifying against God. The Holy Spirit was never. You were under the Word, but the Word, the Holy Spirit was never in. You talk about a fellow that used to be just oh, sort of knows. That he used to be, be a kind of he was a Pentecostal preacher. Now he's a evangelist. He knew the word mm-hmm. of God inside and out, and he yeah. uh, was a big atheist. He said, "Well, then we wrote in the book and he said the majors made him sign his name in it that he believed." You see, they're under duress, and the Holy Spirit does not testify against itself. It's like you were up there saying testifying the Holy Spirit testifies. These creatures in the tongue, the Holy Spirit is not living in them. They're apostate creatures, they're apostate people. When the Holy Spirit is in you, it will testify. God said he cannot testify against himself. He does not war against himself. These people may have went out, and they were under the word, but the Holy Spirit was never in them. What does what is this, uh, i can just ask you, is, is these friends, and God bless you for still showing compassion to them. I love them. I love them, yeah.
2: Dan, just so you know, Dan. So long stop up Saturday. Yeah, you'll, you'll see be on the network before. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan. 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 we one of
0: these <laughs> guys here. <We're laughs> we came with you. So he's still reaching out for the gospel. He's still but I wonder what they think about having been a pastor and now an atheist. Do they think that it ever was real, or do they think it never was Well, they think, they're trying to tell me that they were real. And I said, you you weren't real. Caiaphas is up there preaching the high priest. I mean, you can't get any realer than the high priest. And God says, you're not of me.
2: Okay, so he, so they... I said, you're under the word. You. you preach
0: like all you pot preachers, You're not of the Holy Spirit. God, they're preaching Jesus every day. And God says, depart from you, Eucharist. I never was. Knew you! Okay, so then... Maybe, uh, just this a case in point here that, that this warning would, we should take seriously because here's people who are just like us. Yes. yes. Going to the same meetings. Yes. And they had leadership positions. Yes. And now they're atheists. And so I think that wherever, that every one of us should take heed, and unless there be in us an evil heart, of Amen. unbelieving heart. You better yes. check that we're converted, that's what I'm getting I agree with That they're born again, that you are converted, number one, then you are off the ground. Yeah. But you're trying to work off the rock when you're not on it. You're on sand. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go back to our verse. Then. Now what, what we're seeing is that when somebody reads the Bible, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Amen. That we know is the Holy Spirit. So you start with what you know for sure is the Holy Spirit, and then there, there are maybe other ways that the Holy Spirit speaks and guides and what have you, but this is where we start on the, on the rock solid, what so we know for the the sure. You know, the, the more I study, the more I realize how much
1: I don't. It, it's, 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 this <laughs> it, you know more. Amen. You're not going to exhaust this thing. You're not going it, to It's impossible in this life. you are probably not going to exhaust in eternity. Because the word right.
0: of God is so rich and so full so, so that we're going to be going I mean, Jesus says, Heaven and earth the but my words will never get. You know? Absolutely, Amen. So it is something that. Um, he's a yeah. Well, let, let's take this that it implies to a verse. So the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice. What do you think it means today if you hear His voice? Well, today is the day of salvation. If you hear His voice, you convert it, So how would we be hearing His voice? What does it mean? So if you're sitting under the teaching of the gospel, you're hearing His voice Amen. and you better not harden your heart. Amen. Right? See, I used to take this to be subjective when I read it first, when I first said it. And I it could mean, I suppose you could say it means if you sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit as you hear the word preached, uh, but that's the inner call. The outer call is the gospel goes all the way out to the ends of the earth. The outer call everybody hears. Right? Okay, So let's say everybody goes to the evangelistic meeting or they go where a preacher's preaching the gospel. Everybody hears that. But some people hear the inner call Which actually gets you, yeah, commits you and causes you to respond in faith to that message. So, I'm not sure here, I would assume here it means the outer call in this case. What do you, I mean, we're here to discuss it. I think so too, because I would say, uh, he's urging people to respond to the message, right? And just like those people there, they all heard it. So it had to be the outer call. Everybody in the wilderness saw the same miracles. Even yes. if you
1: go back to Psalm 95, two verses in front of it are, Come, let us worship with the Lord. Now let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, For he is our God, and the people of his pastor, and his hand. Today it he would hear his voice. So that's in that context yeah. of being, being the
0: people of God gathered before God. God gathered yeah, how right. so, so, you know, this is addressed to the whole congregation, it's, it's the outer call that everybody hears when the gospel is preached. And the warning is to take heed to it lest you harden your arms. We used to hear a phrase, because when I went to Bible college, like I said, it was the Pentecostal Assemblies of God. And a lot of the students, fellow students had grown up in those churches. I grew up in a liberal church. So you could tell a difference. I mean, I was so hungry for the Scriptures, but mainly because I had a start them all my life. And those fellow students they had these Bible memorization clubs that they used in assemblies where they had national contests, you know, so they would absolutely had the scriptures memorized. And they'd have tests. And some of these guys just had scriptures memorized, memorized, memorized. They're just full of scriptures. But when you looked at the fruit, you knew that some of them really weren't converted. And and they used to call, they had this phrase called gospel heart. And, and what they meant was that people have been hearing it for so long and not listening that it just went in one ear and out the other. And they have been hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, and they just well, you know, okay, I know that. That's a serious case, too. That's Hebrews is really saying. Yeah. You know, how serious it is. Right. One That's exactly what's being warned of it about. Because, see, those people in the Old Testament, they had more going for them than hardly anybody. But who's seen more miracles? That's right. And, 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 they had Moses there with, you know, they, they saw him go up and talk to God, and they saw him come down shining, and it wasn't like there was some question whether Moses was speaking for God. It could have been clear that he really was, and they just thought, eh, we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's they, part of what,
1: what the church is up against in the, the conference yesterday. They've is that a lot of uh, the mission field for the gospel is actually in the church itself or, uh, because we've we become gospel-hardened ourselves. And uh, we think we know what it is. We think that that we, we've done beyond this, but in actuality, we never had it. They like can't talking the They think that they are. And then he goes to Matthew 7 and they say, Lord, Lord, did you do this and that? And it, They think And it's that, that, that thinking that they are the children of God, even in the wilderness, for the children of God, only God didn't know
0: them. There was a lady at the conference, a delightful lady, I think several of you talked to, she was this real bubbly extrovert sitting up here in the front, and she was telling me she disagreed, she says, oh, you're gonna debate great and you're gonna believe in uh, predestination. I said, yeah. Well, I don't agree with you. But she was so pleasant about it, it it's fun to disagree with her.
2: that, her, yeah, you were. About it. <laughs> 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 well,
1: I, I, we were laughing about it back in part because she liked
0: everything else other than that. But, but and she says, "Well, what about this case?" I talked to a person who was worried about whether they were the elect, how could you, as somebody who believes in election, tell this person anything because they're afraid they're not one of the elect and they can't be saved? I said, "Being afraid you're not one of the elect is a very good sign." Because the people, <laughs> because that shows that the Holy Spirit is convicting you. The, the, the worst sign is when somebody says, "Oh, I know I'm one of the elect, so I can't be lost or whatever," and they're just frivolous about it and they're not concerned about it. See, we this is what this is saying. Don't just rest on your laurels and think everything's okay. We ought to be worried about that. And so I'd say that person is probably a, a lot better shape in a lot of people that just think they're okay because they go to charity. What? We we're
1: talking about an epistle to the Hebrews who were genetically they were the elect. That's so true. they had a genetic outward appearance of being elect. And what he's saying is, unless you believe in your heart, you're not the elect. You think of that in that project. That's pretty serious. If yeah. I say, because I'm a Hebrew, I'm elect and I'm saved. He'd say, no, you're not. Yeah, so, we, yeah, is, this is not a reason
0: for pride or your you can't know it anyhow unless there's truth that God brought through the gospel. Yes. I think one thing about this warning is it is I
1: think it's more of a severe warning for the post cross Church. What I mean by that is in this whole epistle of Hebrews, the, the author is getting to the point of saying Jesus is greater than all these things that happened. That's true. Especially when you get to Hebrews 10, you find all this the Specific argument of how it's greater sin against the Christ, the against Christ, Moses. So, it's we're about today the day of salvation. It's Come on Christ. And it's more serious now because of the Messiah has come. Right. And it's, we're, we're under greater responsibility and accountability because he's coming, he's talking, because we've, we've seen them with prophecies. We've seen them. Amen. He's he's been, he's been so this passage, even though. Know, to the um, Israel that sure. is being applied to the post-Christian, I think it's, it's more serious for us than for
0: them. That's true. And later in Hebrews, that's explicitly said: if those who disobeyed were were cut off without mercy, how much sorer the offense is it to trample underfoot the blood of Jesus? Amen. Uh, and so, uh, by the way, then I'll get to Peter. I forgot I have a little note in here in purple. I use different colors so I can see what I got here. It says, just as the Holy Spirit says, the Greek tense is present continual. So what that means is that the Holy Spirit is continually speaking through the Scriptures. He didn't just say it once, he's saying it continually. The apostles
2: were
0: questioning Jesus right now, says,
1: it's a hard thing to get Yeah. And then Paul forever is working
2: on his salvation with fear and trouble. I mean, the connotation to me is that we have just been saved from imminent
0: disaster, from ourselves. Yeah. And the fear and drama the actual fear and drama he may even work at our salvation. He's not in one's righteousness, but... Right taking you know, it with all seriousness and realizing that by the grace of God, there go I. Uh, yeah, it's a good reference. After the disciples heard all these things Jesus taught, they're they're going, well, who can be saved? Was Jesus teaching this easy believism? You know, say this little prayer. And now you're a Christian. No, when the disciples heard Jesus teaching, they were fear, they were fear and trembling about it. And, yeah, for themselves, they said, well, what, but Jesus comforted them. With man, is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so, our comfort is in the power of God, not in our religious works. There's kind of a, you
2: know,
1: there's things in one of the years of discipline. He says, that "The righteous are barely saved." Amen. You know, we're
2: barely saved, but the thing
0: is, even though we're just barely saved, we're totally to saved. Yeah. Oh. Well, he, has, he actually says, "What's well, so great salvation here later?" It's a great, awesome salvation, but we ought to be concerned. So, I love the Epistle of Hebrews. It's, I think it, I, we're going to have so much fun going go through this. Let's look at some of the background here. Uh, oh, right. I was, Brian, I was the in-house man once saved and always saved, this would kind of blow that apart. Right? No, no, it really doesn't. It, because if you teach the whole counsel of God, you can teach perseverance and teach... The fear of God about losing your salvation at the same time.
1: All right. That by one saved, always saved. It means uh, some people use that as you just make a mental, you know, mental sense, right. and then some of them falls away, but they're still saved. Some people use one saved, and always saved.
0: I don't. We don't do that. that. No.
1: But when it comes down to the Lord, it, the Lord preserves and getting to that degree We are. We. whose house we are if we will fast. Herb to the
2: end. Do right. so believe, believe that? So if you
1: don't the you never were. Yeah, exactly. And who holds us fast? Not ourselves.
0: Well, God, God keeps us. Who are saved are right. eternally secure. Why? Not because you think we have no? Because, because he preserves us. Who wants to preserve love and faith?
2: Right.
0: And, uh, see, if you don't... If, if you take away people's assurance of salvation in the sense that, well, you may be saved today and then go into hell tomorrow... You end up back with the Roman Catholic faith, because they're always dangling everybody over their yeah, head. And they won't give anybody any assurance. And so, if our, we gotta decide if our assurance is based on the finished work of Christ, and our trust in that, our assurance is based on our trust in ourselves. Now, if you, if you teach that our assurance is based on what Christ has done for us, and the fact that His power will keep us, you can teach perseverance, you can teach assurance, and you can teach security, the security of the believer, would not have this crass, once saved, always saved that just gives people false assurance. So there's, you know, a good thing to read about that, Brian, is uh, there's a book called The Gospel According to the Apostles. It's by MacArthur. It, yeah, and I, I think we have one in the library. It used to be called Faith Works. But MacArthur's has a chapter on assurance in there. In fact, Brian wrote a book on it, The Anchor of Assurance. But MacArthur's chapter on assurance is some of the best stuff I've ever re- read because he shows the balance that you have to have. He shows if you go to this extreme, you have this problem. If you go to this other extreme, you have this problem. But here's the biblical balance of it. Okay. And he's got If you understand
1: observing power of <laughs> God, that He and has chosen. Yes. All- the hope set before us. This hope be on his name for the soul, a hope of sure and sin where Jesus entered as a
0: forerunner according to the orders of his
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Promise to God that he
0: can't lie, he's made a hope, that this forerunner has come before us, Jesus, and he's going to be there forever. And when he didn't do that in the and 8, he's always making intercession for us, therefore he saves us <laughs> to the others. Right? There used to be an old gospel where I have an anchor within the veil. Yes,
2: <laughs> all right, let's, let's
0: push your head a little bit. We've got to at least get through one verse, or Dick's going to just die over here. <laughs> but it's nice to talk about these things. Um, I wanted someone, if you could look up uh, Lois Numbers 14.22, and then I think we should probably read, maybe all of us, just turn to Psalm 95. And look, at Keith is looking. So why don't everybody turn to Psalm 95, because that's where this comes from and see how it was applied in the Old Testament. Well, I just, when you start seeing how the Bible just flows together in this great unity of, of theme from Old and New Testament, yeah. just, it, it, it enriches your faith and confidence in the inspiration of Scripture. Okay, um, what's number 1422?
2: Because all those
1: men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and
0: have tempted me now these uh, ten times, and have not honored to my Lord. Okay, they, they saw the miracles. They were pre- they were preserved in the wilderness. Their clothes didn't wear out. It says uh, all of this stuff happened. And then when it finally came time to enter in, this is what this thing at Kadesh Barnea is all about. God had took them out of Egypt, split the Red Sea, brought water out of the rock, brought manna from heaven. Let them guide them, preserve them, promise all these things. And then when they got right on the verge of going into what was supposed to be their destination, they go, ah, we're not going to go. We're not going to make it. Gee, I wonder why God got angry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the story of my life, though. I look back. God is here, God is here, God you here, God is here, God you here, God, you here. God, you here, God you here. big problem, God still saving me in. All the things in my life got taking me to, and I get a little problem with it. Well, this is what you not going to take me through. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the worst one. I don't <laughs> want <know>. it right now. I totally agree. I feel the same way. So
0: how am I going to get through this one?
2: <laughs> I think it's human nature. <laughs> That's a good application, Keith. I think we can all take that
0: to heart. Well, God got us this far. Is so he going to just let us drop now? <laughs> I, I should hope not.
1: You know that it won't, but you think that will. Mean, yep. yeah, very, yeah, very good
0: warning. Let me read Psalm 95. Uh, Someone <laughs> 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 did a good day today. was that Jesse? You can plan out he had a good day here, so this one's from God. <laughs> oh, I had a bad day. I shouldn't have wrote that song. <laughs> oh, boy. Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to Him with praises. For the Lord is a great God and King above all gods. In whose hand are the depths of the earth, the peaks of the mountains are His also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it, and the hands formed the dry ground. His hands formed the dry ground. Now here is the salient part, although this is nice to think that the background of this is how great God is, and who he is. They're always reminding themselves of who God is. Why do we need a reminder? Well, because everything around is lying to us. Six, verse six. Come, let us worship and bow down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the sheep of his pasture the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, and as in the day of Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation, and said they are a the people who err in their heart, and do not know my ways. Therefore, I swore in my anger, truly, they shall not enter into my rest. So this is what Hebrews is going to be talking about for two chapters. What is this rest, this promise, and what is the danger of not entering? And what does it mean to enter into the Lord's rest? And it turns out that the Lord's rest is messianic salvation. And, and that Sabbath is to come to Messiah if, if faith. You know what's
1: interesting is that I just want to read this. There's actually really too old to say. Right? I just read that one people say that there's an old uh, that, Jesus, or that God takes to the earth and his son that he's a brother who is a minister the There's also this old here that he swears that the people who don't trust him are never going to get him the rest. So the
0: I mean, it really shows us that this, this divide. There's no middle
1: ground. Yeah. You got a, no you got a watershed here, right? Oh, yeah. You either enter into the rest, or you die in the wilderness. An <laughs> altar either way. People who do not trust is an are never going to into the rest.
0: But the
1: people who, mm-hmm. who trust in Messiah, they're forever saved, because God promised that Messiah is going to save them forever. Yeah. in the conference, it in one all past. We need to God. That's true."
0: either find God's mercy or God's wrath. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to see God one
2: way or the other. <laughs> I, I so enjoyed
0: Brian's uh, presentation yesterday. He's so, so... he got a way of uh, communicating his overheads and his humor. And, wow. <laughs> All right, let's get some passages here. Brian, Psalm 81, 11 and 13. Brian, Isaiah 55, 6. Kathy... Matthew seventeen five, Doris, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, and then uh, Norma, 1 Peter 1, 21. and Sam,
2: Psalm 9, oh we just did Psalm
0: 95. Okay, we'll wait till the next verse for you, we're already read Psalm 95. So, the first one, uh, Brian, Psalm 81, 11 and 13. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel have none of me. if my people would listen to me, and Israel would walk in my ways. They they didn't want to listen to God. That theme is thought all through the Old Testament, and it's brought up again in the New. That if you hear His voice, now to listen, uh, Shaba here, the idea in the Old Testament listening meant not only that you grasp the concept, but did you respond it in faith? Because everybody heard, but not everybody believed. So listen means to take heed and to take action. So uh Isaiah fifty five six. See the, the Lord let be, be Call he That's a good point. I used that once to uh, the first sermon I ever preached in uh fall nineteen seventy two. October of seventy two is the first time I ever preached a sermon it was in the Sheldon, Iowa, and I use, I preach on blind Bartimaeus. And I use that verse literally for blind Bartimaeus because he's sitting on the side of the road blind. He's not going to go anywhere. Jesus is walking by. Jesus just told his disciples to serve and not try to be the greatest. And so Bartimaeus is crying out, well, Son of David, have mercy on me, and they tell him to shut up.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, and I said, uh, I said, I said, Bartimaeus was doing something literally. Call upon the Lord when he's near. It's not like Bartimaeus is going to go down to the next city and find him there, you know. Because <laughs> he was, a, he was kind of stuck in that side of the road. So, if the Lord is, uh, if hearing his voice, it's time to take action because you're not going to have more faith when you're not listening. I mean, when the not being preached to you. Okay, uh, went back this way. can you Matthew 17:5? While well, he while well, yesterday behold the a great cloud right? overshadowed him and before the voice, our father said, "This is my beloved son, whom I love. He Please
2: <laughs>
0: It's the same idea. This that that was when they heard that voice from heaven. These Jewish people that reminds them of the Old Testament. Listen. This is my son. Now listen to him. I was talking about that yesterday in the conference. Moses spoke to them. And he prophesied that God would raise up another Moses, a prophet, that the people were to listen to him when he showed up. And so when God said that, that was showing the people that Jesus was this one that Moses prophesied of, and they're supposed to listen to him. And it happened in front of these witnesses. So here is the one. If you don't listen... You can't claim you're listening to Moses if you refuse to listen to the Son, yeah. and that's what this author, Hebrews, is saying. You you think you have Moses? Same thing in John five. Moses wrote of me. If you would just believe Moses, you'd come to faith in Messiah. And here he is, bodily present, preaching. Gotta to listen to him. Okay, uh, two Corinthians six one and two. We then, as members together with him. Also, that he received not the grace of God in vain. For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I
1: suffered thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation.
0: And now is the day of salvation. How long does this now last? Till the
1: day of his wrath.
0: Right. Till the day of his wrath. From the, from the time of of the day of Pentecost until the wrath of God is poured out, all during that time is the now. The now is the messianic age of salvation where we can come in, come to faith. And we don't know when that time will run out. And so what what is being said is that it, we are in an opportune time when Messiah has offered salvation to all and if we don't listen to him we may wait around until the time runs out. Either our time on earth runs out or God's time clock runs out, and now it's too late. Okay, that's very good. Uh, 2 Peter 1.21, normal. So
2: God
0: and
2: him up that
0: faith and hope in God. Amen. God raised him up and we may have faith and hope in God. That's the very nature of messianic salvation. So now let's go to the warning in verse 8. Do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me as in the day of, day of trial in the wilderness. Now Psalm 98 talked about mirabah and massa. What do those two words mean? Anybody look that up or you have a study by? Yeah, mir- mirabah, yeah, wasn't it called the Septuagint? had it a, had a little bit different, and that's where this verse is being quoted here. In the Septuagint, it had rebellion and testing. All right, but I think in the Hebrew, it was Mirabal, Wasn't that, that the thing where the bitter water? Yeah.
2: Does anybody have a, uh, like one of
0: those footnotes in there, Psalm 95? words.
1: Uh,
0: coral and testing. Coral and testing. Yeah, coral and testing. So no,
1: it's not Mirabal.
0: It's a different word. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, it's a different word. So it's quarreling and testing. And the Septuagint says rebellion and testing. Place the strength. All right. So the point is that don't be like them. So they served as a negative example in that case, they weren't listening to God. Okay, Sam, Exodus seventeen seven and Tim, Deuteronomy six sixteen, and Mary Deuteronomy 9, 22-24, and Barb, Nehemiah 9, 16, Pete, Jeremiah 7, 26. Okay, Sam? <coughs> can they call the name of the place Hasab and Maribab because of the trying of the children
1: of Israel and because they have the
0: Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? So, yeah, is the Lord among us or not? How could they not know that? The Egyptian army is at the bottom of the Red Sea, they can't figure out whether God's around them or not. Isn't it easy to be unbelieving? But the they're raising the dead and so forth. Is <laughs> the Lord among
1: us or not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't unbelief an in uh, insidious part of human nature? Yes.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Exodus 17.7. He just read. Exodus 17.7, where the, that talks about that mirror by glass, but it, it says, oh, well, is God among us? That's <laughs> not, not good. Okay, Deuteronomy 6.16. Do not test the Lord of God as you did at the There's another reference to it there. It was testing God. And that's uh, what the Septuagint in Psalm 95 translates as testing. Yes?
2: My reference on um, the first day of Psalm 95 is that like, Merit
0: is a place of strife, and then Massa is... Place of strife and temptation. So some quarreling, strife, temptation, yes. Wouldn't that be a
2: case of delivered civility?
0: Uh, well, I guess you'd call it, it it is a dumb thing to do, but it's also but it's more well, it's basically rebellion against God. And that's what we're being warned about. So Deuteronomy 9, 22 to 24. Also make the Lord came for tableros, and I as and when the Lord sent you all from Kadesh Karnia he said go up and take possession of the land I have given you but you rebelled him the man of the Lord the God you did not trust him or obey him you have been rebelling against the Lord ever since I have come that's what Moses told them. so again there's a reference here in the same context of this Kadesh Kadesh we see how oh, we usually pronounce it, where they went in and decided they didn't want to go into the land after all of this. After all of that, they decided, well, we don't want to go in there. Too many problems. Did they want to go
1: back to eat Yeah, they were. Good. Remember Keith Green song about
0: that? Uh, wanting to go back to eat. eat, eat, eat. And what was it? One of his lines was, eating leeks and onions by the dial. Oh, we're dining out in style. <laughs> Oh,
2: breath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he has a clever thought. <laughs>
1: this uh, is about, though, it's just warning people not to go back to the old system. Just like the people that were delivered of, the, of, the, uh, of Egypt, they were
0: tempted to go back to Egypt. Yeah. In,
2: the same, <laughs> in the same way with in the
0: Hebrews, they were being tempted, even though they were called in being no be Go, back. Go back to slavery. Yeah, in, in, the, in the Old Testament case, they, they had decided that being a slave of Pharaoh was better than being a son of God. That's what they were saying. We're better to be a slave of Pharaoh because at least there we didn't have to did eat manna, we had better food, we, we had uh, the good old days. And so, Hebrews is a saying that, and again, Keith Green's song, uh, so you want to go back to Egypt is really good takeoff take off on this whole theme, but it's literally what Hebrews is about. Because if someone has partaken of ethnic salvation and thinking, ah, my old system was better, you're going, you're training sonship for slavery. Why would you ever think your old system was better when you came from like a general in hell to be a child of the king? I don't know. I mean, I, just, I don't believe you're converted. You just know about it. You know, we have authority. People say I like to be like Moses. We have the same authority and greater than Moses. Moses spoke on behalf of God, but Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and we speak on behalf of Jesus Christ, presenting the gospel with authority that he can keep you. See, everybody's up. I mean, we're blessed to give the gospel. We are blessed.
2: It's we're not even worthy to say His name and we'll say His name once. We are blessed to give the gospel we
0: give with authority the authority of God's word that if they were to put their trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ He died and rose from the dead that God can keep you would He drops dead on that We have authority greater than Moses. We speak on the shed blood. He spoke in the old tongue. He said, Oh, well, I can be like Moses oh, talk to God. Well, the Holy Spirit talks to us with authority in the name of Jesus Christ, with authority to tell these fake preachers, Oh, you're getting that out of the scriptures Dan? That's right. You're going to hell without Christ. You're not converted. <laughs> and that's what the Baptist said. not come to you then, and the Southern Baptists are brought up like the Catholics, they're brought up and think they are called children of God, and you come along and say they've got to be converted. Well, you know what? You're right. They need to be converted. They all need to be converted. Amen. Every last one of them. We're going to eat you out on the street this summer. <laughs> yeah. We have a story. I always wanted to be like Moses, I told the Lord. The Lord said,
2: You've got a greater covenant than Moses.
0: Wake up! <laughs> okay. I'm not Nehemiah 9, 16. But they are worse fathers, <laughs> became arrogant and stood next, and did not obey your dominion. Yeah, when Nehemiah 9 is a fantastic prayer, very much like Daniel 9 and Ezra 9. There's something about chapter 9 in that era of the Bible there, the time of the exiles coming back. But they had these prayers of confession and repentance on behalf of the people. And Nehemiah died is a beautiful prayer. And they're acknowledging this corporate unity that is an idea of the Jews. You know, that we're one with their fathers. our fathers. We own their guilt. They, hardened their heart, they wouldn't listen to God. And so Nehemiah confesses that. And he confesses that it was sheer act of mercy that they had this remnant that was going back into the promised land to rebuild the temple. And they wanted to always remember what happened so that they wouldn't do the same thing again. That's very important in Hebrew thought. Jeremiah 7:26. Yeah, they did not listen to you and the not. They you for Wow, quite a theme, isn't it? Stiffen your neck. I no want to listen. This is verse nine. Hebrews three nine. Where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for forty years. Uh, how do you test God? See how far you can go before you you get in trouble? Okay. Anybody have have not? Because you ask God when you ask your tempt God, you ask for your wicked flesh for your own selfishness. You don't ask like your father, his will be done on earth. Every time you ask to do your will, you're tempting God.
2: Okay. Uh, Not believing him. Not him. not believing him. You remember uh, you remember when Jesus
0: was being tempted and he referenced something about not tempting the Lord your God? In that case, it was to act presumptuously. Yes. Yeah, jump off the temple and make a big sign so everybody will want to follow you. In some ways, what Satan was tempting Jesus to do was to try to establish the kingdom without the cross. Amen. Because if, if he jumps off the temple and have the angels catch him, you make this people you know, amaze all the people and try to uh, make something now. And so if you look at the devil's temptations of Jesus, almost right along the line, he's trying to thwart the cross.
1: Amen.
0: Because, yeah, bring in the millennium now, you know. Turn a rock into bread, jump off the temple, you do all this stuff, you can have the kingdom right now, you don't need to go to the cross. And so tempting God is.
1: There'd be no people in the kingdom. There, yeah, there, was, yeah. The kingdom
0: would just be sinners going to hell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you'd have a very temporal kingdom,
0: you know. You, you wouldn't have anybody to populate the eternal kingdom. So that's why Satan was trying to get him not to go up to the cross. Yes. Wouldn't that be, like you wouldn't have the choice of choosing who he want? In that respect. In concerning what. You I mean Jesus having got that?
2: Well, yeah, but the choice of salvation or not salvation.
0: Well, that's been put before the people from the time of Genesis all the way to Revelation when the choice runs out after the wrath of God's poured out. Um, always is put before the people whether they're going to serve God or not. That's what this is all about. Are we going to serve God or not serve God? Now, you know, my, it, my belief is that if we do make your choice to serve God. We did so by God's grace, not because we're more meritorious than anybody else out there. Amen. Okay, so God cared for them. They saw the fire at night and the cloud during the day. They went out and ate the manna. They saw the water coming out of the rock. For some reason their clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. And they saw the escape from Egypt. So, and the same signs that God poured out on the Egyptians, they saw them and were preserved from them. Remember how they were preserved from the wrath of God, even during those you know, the things that happened to the Egyptians? Yes. And so, and the, and the splitting of the Red Sea, and the drowning of the Egyptian army, and the, and the fire, and Moses coming literally up into the presence of God, and coming down with the glow of God's Shekinah glory on His face, and the preaching of Moses... And there, it's just inconceivable how many signs had been seen by this generation. More, other than those who were actually physically present when Jesus was on the earth, no other generation had so many signs. And here, I think the most tragic thing that we're going to read in Hebrews is that they died in unbelief. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is sobering. Amen. That is sobering. <laughs> and God forbid that we would come into this era of Messianic salvation Here hear things that uh, prophets and angels desire to look into and yet die in unbelief. Uh, so, we, we need to continue our witness very clearly because that's the danger. Okay, Diane, Deuteronomy 8.2. And Jim, Joshua five 6. I mean, that's more than just a mental when they died in believe because they had a mental repent, but it never their heart. Their hearts were rebellious against God.
1: They believed they, yeah, they believed that God exists just like the devil does. It yeah, right. Every morning, because they couldn't keep it, God said it was a miracle, but they took the miracle for themselves on a selfish basis to fill my appetite, Amen. and didn't trust in God and want to did I acknowledge, thankfully, that it was him, that was carrying him, instead, it was a difference between trusting man and trusting God. That's exactly the struggle I have every single day, where I know it's a miracle I'm here now, and God carrying me, but do so I trust to me because I have this problem, i got to do something about it, or I'm trusting God, because here's this problem, God help me. And that action of, like, so calling to God, because I've got a problem or I've up myself to do it, it's really the issue for
0: do everything that we think we can and if it doesn't work then maybe we should see if God has anything to Something say. Like that. <laughs> <think when> that's
1: <laughs> that's the, kind of what we do. Is <laughs> I think we all do. Uh,
0: honestly, we definitely do it. Thank God to man of it. We're, if we're going to be humbly honest about it. Every breath of air we take is a gift of God's grace moment by moment by moment.
1: Uh-huh. So we got a roof over our head. I try to...
0: In the prayer before the offering, I try to say that every Sunday. So that's part of our congregational, just how we think as a people that God is sustaining us moment by moment by moment by moment. And he, if we have nothing more than just that we get clothes and we got uh, food and rain, you know, uh, place to sleep, we are very very provided for.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah, I think that's why I'm saying. Thankfulness is such a theme in the Bible. Um, you look at Colossians 3, and that's
0: when you, you know, uh, Paul's giving you how you should live Christian life. Look at that chapter to see how many
1: times he said We thankful, well, we thankful. This is over and over and over again. So I think thankfulness is a fruit of, of faith. When you truly are
0: being uh, brought into the realization of how wild God's grace is and how radical it is, you're going to be thankful. If that really is right <coughs> in place in our thing then the flip side, unbelief,
2: is going to produce growing stiffness,
1: people, and, and all of the all the fruits that you have here. So I think that's really when you look at unbelief, faith, the fruits that they produce. I think that's why Thanksgiving is such a you know a for
0: Really, yeah. yeah, right. When you look through like uh, publications like Voice of the Martyrs or something like that, I mean mm-hmm. these people—that's all of their uh, they're only being sustained day to day in some of these third nations, yeah. Yet, uh, they're they're uh, just as thankful. Oh yeah, even more so. Yeah, even more, even so. More, so. more so. Let's get these cross references. Uh, Diane, Deuteronomy eight, in verse two. Remember
2: the way in which Lord your God has led you the wilderness, that He might humble
0: you, continue you, to know what was in your heart, whether.
2: Jesus' commandments
0: or not. Wow. <laughs> so there's, a, there's one here. So we were talking about man testing God, and now we have God testing man.
2: Right?
0: And what's he going to find out? Whether he's going to listen to him and keep his commandments or not. And did they? No, they didn't. Most of them. Joshua 5 6.
1: The Israelites had moved the about in the for desert forty years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died, since they had uh, not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land that He had solemnly promised their fathers to give us. A land flowing
2: with milk and honey.
0: Well, so so what happened? What then happened, which this story here in Hebrews is reminding us of, is that because of their testing God and their unbelief, God decided that all, that a whole new generation had to come up from the children to go in. And that, you yeah, know, they had to wait until these people, somebody, I heard a preacher preaching on this once, and some of those old Pentecostal preachers were very uh, creative in how they could Paint mental images of things, that I heard one preaching about, about this, and it was, it was basically the, how they had a 40 year, 40 years of funerals. You know, he's talking about how many people died, and so they spent 40 years burying people out there in the desert. Uh, you know, having a funeral, 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 and it says, uh, of all these people dying. You know, one by one by one, 40 years, until they could finally go on into the land, so. Uh, it's, not meant, it's, it's not meant to turn away from God, is it? not know. Yeah. That, at all. How could it say like
2: you turn away from
1: God? <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve. I'll have you know, I don't want to We love God. We you love God. I <laughs> don't. Got it.
0: Bart, I'll give anything up for you. Well, except all I need. Just <laughs> okay. let me have my fishing and my golf and everything else. I'll is on the altar.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, thank you to everybody who uh, just helped uh, with the conference yesterday. Uh, it was so gratifying. It was so gratifying to listen to the people that came and how blessed they were. And it was possible because of a lot of people working very hard, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And especially Karen. If you see Karen Johnson is say something to her. i got to tell you, I didn't do... All I did was focus on going on the radio about this and getting the material together and working with Brian to make sure what we did was what it should be. I didn't do anything else. Karen organized this whole thing from A to Z and made it happen. So she's something else. (laughs) I thought it was interesting as you walked up outside from the time somebody told you where to park you know, letting off people and where to go uh, to the time that it was all
1: over with. It was just all so well done. Yes, and honestly. This, was so amazing, this was so well Everything
0: me. happened. So...
1: It wasn't possible. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> uh,
0: the, only thing, the only thing I could claim anything was that we had a presentation up there and the rest of this stuff Karen just did it from A to Z. So... I mean, with a lot of help, all you, all you helped her, but she thought about this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. And I'm, you know, I'm going, I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, part of the reason we were able to is because
0: that's all we had to focus on. I thought of Cliff. Um, Jessica said she really liked it. and She said that what she thought was interesting was how Brian would have his story, and his, see his thing was about his story. And here's what happened, and here's what my experiences were, and here's what's wrong with all this stuff. And then I'd come with scripture, Bible, 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 Bible. Then he'd go back to his story and how he does it, i go, okay, now here's why, Bible, Bible, Bible. So, I think the two of us kind of could do some stuff. I hope we get a chance to do it again, things like this, so. Uh, he's good. Yeah.